Hello! <laughs> Welcome to We Have Issues, episode seven. I'm Anthony. Seven. I'm Steven. Seven. We did wow, this is number seven, Steven. We're doing this. We are doing this, and we're getting like random fans that we like we don't personally know. It's awesome. Like it is pretty awesome interesting. I, I don't know who's listening to this. If you're listening to this, first of all, thank you. You're amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Second of all, we're sorry. <laughs> but most Especially of, for my voice. Oh, my goodness. I can't imagine people listening to my voice for, like, 40 minutes. But I, I feel like I think we're, we all have that issue with, like, the, the vibrations in our skull. And we mm-hmm. just it, it sounds weird to us, you know, mm-hmm. so then hearing ourselves recorded. I think I've gotten used to it over the time, you know, over the years of just recording different projects and doing silly voices and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um that being said, yeah, I feel the same. I still hate my face. <laughs> like, I can't. I It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's really funny. Like you said, people we've never met or, you know, have no connection with have been, you know, contacting us about um, sharing comics and how, you know, just things that they enjoy about the, the podcast in general, which is really cool because I, I didn't know who the audience would be or if there would be an audience or just us mm-hmm. playing, like, laughing with each other and, like, with crickets. <laughs> um but These yeah, are for our own records, people. We're gonna yeah, watch pretty, yeah, pretty much. Well, okay, we we both kind of said that we, you know since we have kids, this is gonna be kind of a fun record for our children to look back on in the years and just be like, oh look, that's how our parents did that thing that they did, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's which is really neat. But I I kind of assumed that if we were to have any like any audience whatsoever, even like one person, I imagined it would be someone who's either laughing at us. Because they're like, haha, we're better than you. You know, which like that's fine. I watch this to boost my own ego. Exactly. Which we're here for them. <laughs> yeah. Totally here for you, buddy. Yeah. yeah. You're you're right to feel that way, and you're welcome. Um, but what I didn't expect was any audience of people who have no connection to comic books. Whatsoever. Uh, whatsoever. I didn't Or expect. to us. Or to that's us. Or it's to hard us. enough. Some of my best friends don't even know my name. <laughs> so like, it's hard for us to see strangers. It really is. It's, it's absolutely like, well, it's, it's different. <laughs> it's really cool though. So how was your week? Did you get sidetracked by anything? Did you make your goal? What was your goal? What was my goal? What were we talking my about? Goal, my goal. Who are we? <laughs> what are we doing? What was I supposed to do? No, no, <laughs> I was trying to do Rogan and then lost it mid on. I don't know what I was doing. That, that, that was a little better. Anyways, um, so my plan <laughs> for this week, because of how much workload I, I took with that 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 uh, Reddit drawing, um, was to at least get page two done. And honestly, I didn't think it was going to happen. Uh, I had like plans today that uh, ended up falling through. Huh. So like they fell through. I was just going to rough two, three, and four. But instead, I got finished roughing page two. So I went ahead and fine penciled it, and it's done. So page two is done. What this page two? This page two. I don't think that's ever gonna not be funny to me. Like the awkward, like hmm? edit spot for Anthony. It is. I don't know. It's it's fun because it's one of the the, the only things I know how to do with the editing program. <laughs> so this, like, is, this is the extent of my editing skill. I have no editing skills. I well okay. So the whole part of this podcast, a large part of this podcast is talking about the issues we have with creating the comic books that we're creating. And this podcast becomes an issue that I have that gets in the way of creating the comic books <laughs> we're creating. Because I'm soaking up 90% of the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is just a podcast about podcasting at this point. Uh, no, it's this just is a podcast about how you shouldn't have a podcast while making a comic. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> this, learn from us. 
don't do what we're doing. Um, no, but honestly, well, actually, it's actually been working because it's keeping yeah. us it's keeping us on track. Um, even with the additional um, efforts of your the additional responsibilities of editing, I'm still I've been able to finish all of my writing. I sent you chapter three, and you read it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, chapter three was difficult <laughs> it was. Yeah, that, that was a yeah that's the rough chapter i believe yeah that was there was some soul crushing stuff in that one for sure yeah um we talked about I'm this on, i'm on page two and like it's, it's already getting rough man like the, yeah. the, the artwork is getting sad. yeah we, we talked about this a little bit um traditionally or you know like historically all of my writing always has just very heavy very strong comedic just some character who's there to save us comedically mm -hmm. someone who's always there like if they're when it does get hard or dark there's always someone there who's like punchy with their dialogue the gaffigan guy the, the gaffigan, gaffigan voice yeah and and I've, I've always written a character like that um this is the first thing that we've worked on and one of the i think the first thing i've ever worked on that's pretty straightforward like drama and I know there's going to be some levity to it and some of it's going to be, it's definitely going to be exciting at times, but I don't think it's ever going to be hilarious, which is really hard for me because I, 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 it's a crutch. It's a real big crutch, but I, I love it. You know, it's because it doesn't feel like a crutch. It feels like wings when you're using it, you know, like when you're, when you're reading something and you're like, Oh, this is literally funny and I'm laughing. It's, and you see someone laughing, the response makes you feel good and it's great. I don't have that at all this time and I'm terrified. And yeah, so we talked about that a little bit. Um, but yeah, that chapter was definitely the hardest one to write. Um, yeah, chapter three. What's crazy for me is like, I've I've heard like piece bits and pieces. It's obviously something that you don't recollect often, right. <laughs> like out loud. So like I've heard bits and pieces, but like these like are like literally putting me in these situations that you were in. And it's like, man, like, cause it's, it's one thing to be told a story, but it's another thing to be told a story through the person's like direct perspective. Like yeah. Yeah. this is what I'm feeling while I'm, I'm saying this, this is while I'm, you know, like, like I'm, I'm reading you in that moment or at least how you memorized yourself in that moment. And right. it's, it's heavy stuff for sure. Um, Thank God I got years of practice of putting that that emotional shield up to where I don't let anyone in. You almost got me. It almost got me. Oh, I'm not gonna feel anything today. Not today, feelings. <laughs> not today. So, <laughs> but was um, Terry was Terry yeah. Oh well, first it was Mr. T, and then I, oh, okay. and then he asked for permission for Mr. T to do it in the sequel. I'm pretty sure Terry Crews. Oh. Awesome. I think he got the blessing. I'm pretty sure that story's right. I think I'm right here. He's like, get back in there, Tear. That's what you're <laughs> thinking about, right? Yeah. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, dude. Um I, I it's so it's so crazy to me because you know, I you're right, I haven't really recollected that. I haven't told that story really to anyone directly, you know, not not at length. I mean I've I've told like fragments of it to people, but it's I remember you telling me that line and I I'd actually forgotten about that line. I, I won't say it, but like I had forgotten about that. And then when I read it, I remembered when you told me about that and I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Okay. So my fear with this is that the thing that literally happened to me that I actually experienced specifically reads like a crazy melodrama, you know, like that, like my, my uh, Voldemort. So Voldemort said a very specific thing to me that was so on the nose and so 
heart-wrenching and specific and painful that it feels like it's straight out of a soap opera. Right? Yeah, exactly. I, yeah it was like like season two of Degrassi. It was like... Exactly. Yeah. I got I mean, you. But yeah. yeah it, so, so, but I'm putting it in there because it's that is what happened. It is what I heard. It is what she said. And it, it was it was the worst. It was the worst thing that, I, is, that anyone's ever said to me. Um, mm-hmm. It was terrible. So, but it's what I experienced. So I put it in there. Um, and... I'm super insecure about it. You know, Getting like it's all... heavy in the podcast. Just putting it up there. But yeah, no, I wouldn't be insecure about it. I feel like it reads pretty strong. I didn't think it was lame, but obviously I'm like your number one fan. So, um, but no, I, I think, I think it's, I think it's good. Yeah. I, I do think that's funny because it's, you know, we, we've talked about you, like how strange it is for you to draw me <laughs> and what I've got, what I went through and stuff. It's the first time we've ever tried to do anything like this. Uh, this is like, this is like second level, like forcing someone to live your life. Like, yeah. Steven. I'm going to write this book. So Steven, you have to experience my memories. Like I'm literally living the book. Like that's what's happening. I'm, yeah. I'm the character really at the end of the day. Oh, Steven. Oh, but thankfully... Your love story ended a little bit better than mine. Quite, quite a bit. Yeah. So, actually, speaking of that, um, it's a minor skip, really, in, in the grand scheme of things. It felt like it felt like an eternity when it was course. happening, but you know, it's nothing. So. Yeah, of course. Um, I guess that's always how it is. Like even my huge breakup, the thing that we're making this whole book about, is so behind me at this point. You know, like I, mm-hmm. and which is part of you know you writing the book and you know you tell that story and it's gone, you know, thankfully and mm-hmm. ready to be gone, ready to be done with it. I'm ready to mm-hmm. tell new stories. Basically I'm ready to live new stories for sure. You know, um, not necessarily to date. That would be a mistake. <laughs> That'd be a sincere mistake. It's been a mistake literally every time it's happened since. So, okay. You know, that being said though, let's just put this out there that dating and love and relationships in general have to be the most optimistic thing humans do as people it has to be love like it has to be looking for relationships and like you can take the cynical perspective and be like oh well people are afraid to die alone or whatever you know but mm-hmm. but the truth is like mm-hmm. every other thing that we can be conditioned to or like that cultivates some part of who we are it's you know if it like when you're young if you touch something that's hot you're like oh i'm not gonna touch that again because i learned my lesson you know I can literally have my heart ripped out through my eyeballs and be like, guess what I'm going to do again? I'm going right back there. These eyeballs. There's literally not a single other thing in the world. No, there's not. There's literally, there's nothing else. I'm like, if I was drawing and someone was like, come chop those fingers off every time. I'd be like, I guess, first of all, I can't draw. Yes, I can. I'm not going to take that attitude. I buy bionic fingers, but I would stop drawing. I would like, if someone slapped you, Ooh, that was loud. If, like, <laughs> if Rafiki slaps you, right? Like, you stop doing the thing. You duck instead, right? <laughs> it's, Rafiki teaches you that, you know, you learn lessons. Unfortunately, slash super fortunately, humans are terrible when it comes to love and learning lessons. We're like, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna suffer. suffer. I'm gonna... I'll suffer my way through it. It's gonna be good. <laughs> it's gonna be great. This time, despite all the evidence to the contrary, this one's gonna work. What's the worst that can happen? I don't know. The worst feeling you could ever feel in the entire world besides death? Oh, that's nothing. <laughs> oh, that's nothing. Oh, what? Emotional, <laughs> spiritual death? Nah, not the same. It's good. Not the yeah. same <laughs> at all. Because emotional, spiritual death, you have to live with it. The other death, it's just over with instantaneously. <laughs> that's right. What is much worse? Steven, but yet we keep doing it. 
<laughs> so speaking of love though okay speaking of love um you are you are a re- romance and relationship expert i guess i'm tina and i are basically marshall and lily like almost to the t because that's she right. broke up with him for for a summer too that's true that's really true like i it, mean we literally we literally have the marshall and lily story for the most part yeah in our world of how i met your mother you are 100% Marshall. Like, it's really amazing. Like, you and you and Tina are just this beautiful, amazing couple, um, and you, which makes you an expert in love. I mean, one and done. That's what you one said. One and done. That was... <laughs> you did it, basically. Um, so either you're just incredibly lucky, or you're incredibly lucky and doing something right. So that being said, since you are... Since you're a relationship expert, um, by your own admission, you said it. I didn't <laughs> my own admission. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't consider my, myself an expert in anything except for romance and relationships, <laughs> and relationships. married in love and sex. I've heard from Tina. <laughs> I, 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 she said it. She said she doesn't kiss and tell. I know it was she her does. and Sloan Kettering. <laughs> talking about how good you are, Matt Steven. So. Okay, but, but that being said, because of your expertise, which are renowned <laughs> far and wide, we have a couple of questions from listeners about your amazing expertise. But before we get to those, you want to queue up a commercial for us, Stephen? <laughs> yeah, hold on. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Commercial time! Hello. I'm here today to help a friend achieve his most seemingly unattainable goals to reach for the clouds i'm here today to ask for your assistance in helping a desperate pathetic man who wants nothing more than an ostrich what would you do if i told you that in order to help someone achieve their most fanciful and ridiculous goals All you'd have to do is push the like and subscribe button below. What would you do if I told you that this man wants nothing more than to begin a colony of ostriches? Ostriches that grow upwards of seven feet tall. Ostriches with legs like kickboxers. Ostriches that you can ride upon like chariots. Ostriches that may do battle with one another. This is the goal of my friend Stephen. It is his purpose in life, and I'm here, friends, today to ask you to help me help him. What would you do if I told you there was a man who needed you? And for the small fee of two small button pushes below, you can help him achieve his dreams of being an ostrich cultist, I mean. What would you do if I told you that I am not being coerced into saying any of this? What would you do if I told you in order to help him achieve his goal, all you have to do is push the button below you do for the small fee of only two button pushes you can help a pathetic man achieve his goals for the small fee of the occasional share 
the weekly like. You can help a man feel like a Superman. I mean, and it's 100% true, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just it is true. Help us. <laughs> Steven won't work until you get us those ostriches. I won't. All right. So let's H2 go is where I stop. I'm just kidding. Well, guys, we have where, two comics. It's where I draw my line and place my head in the sand. And <laughs> way. See what I did there? I saw what you did there with the ostriches and the head in the sand thing. They were not even certain is the true thing about it. I'm pretty it. sure it's a myth. But I I'm think we sure should it's a stick myth to it. I think we should just be like, that's what they do, guys. I don't, oh, we do know we're gonna we're gonna have a sand pit when we have the ostriches, we're and we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna scare them right when they're near and see what happens. Okay, and that's how I die, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Scaring so, an ostrich. So if, <laughs> so if nothing else, please like and subscribe our podcast and tell your friends and your grandpas just your so grandpas. we an ostrich. Just We're being too heavy on the grandpa love. Sorry, we have, to, we have to switch it back a little bit. Since you're a relationship expert, back to the questions. I have <laughs> a few questions for you. Um, this one says, here's a question many people worry about. How do you know if moving in together is the next step and is the right step? Hmm. Tina and I moved in together probably like two years into our relationship. Were you basically living together at that point anyway? Basically, I mean, I think once you get to that point where you're spending the night, you know, four nights, five nights out of the week yeah. at each other's houses anyway, what's the point at that point? You're already living together. And for me, it wasn't even that much of a shift in our relationship whatsoever. I mean, yeah. um, they didn't really change any variable of it. Like, it was just like, we just see each other more. Um, <clears throat> at that time, though, I do remember, like, I was, like, really playing World of Warcraft then. Yeah. And that was definitely a lot of fighting because now that she was living with me you know there was time that she felt she was deserved because we were i mean you, we wake up next to each other so like you're already here and there's no waiting period for her to come over or me to go somewhere so it kind of like shined the light on that monster that i had and then um but other than that like i don't know i, I you'll definitely know i mean like how how would you not know at that point like, like i said i think the spend the night thing is an obvious uh sign and then like um just the amount of time that you've already spent together if you're already doing that how did you so okay tina had an issue with you playing too much world of warcraft right oh, dude it was like 16 hours a day at that point <clears throat> oh i know it was disgusting it was i know it was a lot um but okay I, it definitely was a lot and it's definitely too much i understand and i I'm with you. Um, but how do you know how to keep that balance between, you know, when you're living with someone or thinking about living with someone? Because you should still be able to do the things you love to do as a person, right? Like, mm -hmm. you can go 100%. to this day, play World of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. so, like, we still get to have the podcast, you know? So um, for people who are just moving in together and, like, finding that balance, like, was there anything that helped you guys talk that out or, like, the, you know, determine? Especially, oh, like, as of lately, too. Like, when it comes to, like, <clears throat> our arguments, we try to be... Like, when one of us starts to get too, like, maybe emotional or, like, hyper-defensive, um, we, we, we try to acknowledge those moments as they're happening and dial it back. Because we know at that point, either myself or the other, or Tina, is operating in, like, like a raw state that's not going to be helpful no matter what, you know? They're not, they're not going to be able to receive anything, and they're not going to put out anything that you're going to want to hear. Mm -hmm. So um, it's important to, like, 
it was so hard for me because I'm the type of person that needs to like finish an argument or finish a discussion, then there, get it done. Me too. I'm really bad with that. But Tina definitely is the type that needs to gather her thoughts, gather her feelings, and then say what she has to say. And it's taken a long time because we have such completely different styles. Yeah. But um, they both have their benefits too. Like, for example, I will not, I will not go to sleep angry. It doesn't matter. Like that's like the, that's the thing where she's given me, like she'll she needs her time, but she'll never take. I'll talk to you in the morning. Yeah, you know, she'll. Right. She's reasonable on that front. That's that's her sacrifice to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I think it's very important to acknowledge like once the escalation starts, because once the escalate, it's it's the trickiest part of the argument. It's the trickiest part of the discussion to, to notice because it's like right when it starts is when you can stop it. But if it yeah. starts by the time most people notice it, they're already halfway in it. So right. it's really just noticing when the escalation is beginning, acknowledging the escalation, pointing at it, like make sure it's known that like, hey, we either one of us wants this escalation yeah. and operate in like a an understanding way as best you can, you know? That's smart. Yeah, those moments are really tricky to navigate. And I, because that moment of escalation you're talking about, I've definitely recognized it before. And I know depending on the person and like my, the relationship with the person, sometimes the argument can become about that escalation and how it happened and how it was worded instead of actually what the the confrontation was initially about and so then you're just death spiraling about argue you're arguing about arguing and how to argue Mm -hmm. and then what was right and then what was said and then sometimes people's memories get in the way and then people don't remember what they said and then you Mm -hmm. don't know you know so you're you're fighting about fighting in the worst and silliest way possible that, so that's that you know that that spiral is really hard so recognizing it like you're saying is for sure it's and like, like tina for example in those spirals like she's like um she likes a direct i'm like you and i are both storytellers and she's a direct person she wants to hear five words that sum up everything right. and i want to sit there and tell her you know three passage or five point essay basically i'm like yeah. why i think this and this this and that and that just basically aggravates the situation so i've learned to basically try to keep my points short and sweet so that way it's delivered in the in the mode that she understands and that's all it really all comes down to communication like that's so important and like i think and this might be like i don't know this might be like um judgmental i guess or i want to say like sexist but it's not it's not like sexist towards women but like more so men i feel like a lot of men don't put in that emotional investment or that communication investment they'd rather just keep it short and sweet and i think it's just how we kind of are raised and just kind of the way our minds work sometimes you know yeah i think i think um it's really important like basically what you're saying is you and tina found a way to speak each other's languages Mm -hmm. and kind of like evolved a language together in a way basically yeah Um, that's what i mean that's a better way to put it than i just did like no but I, i get it and i think that a lot of people myself included like have trouble when a language that someone else is trying to speak with them doesn't uh, harmonize with their language necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, like so every once in a while, like I, I've been in a couple of relationships where I communicate so differently than the person that I, I just, I can't even speak, I can't understand how to communicate the, the very basic issue that we're having to mm-hmm. the person, you know? And then, so, you know, and, and I try, you know, I've tried um and so sometimes that's just like a incompatibility issue you know just like way different people who probably shouldn't have been together in the first place you know um mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's definitely it's definitely 
tricky and it takes work and I'm, I'm glad you and Tina found a way mm -hmm. of course you, you know to speak you know find that language together and cultivate that in a way that's you know useful and meaningful to you guys it's you know it's amazing and beautiful and that's why you're an expert <laughs> um, um oh someone below that asked because i said um basically you're a happy you're, you know you're a happily married person and someone has okay but is the other person happy in your marriage so like do you tina is absolutely obsessed with me it's okay. actually true it's actually it's, true it's like he's not joking what i'm not like i'm not even being a jerk talk? about it like this is just the truth like yeah, she um, like is absolutely like. Okay, hang on. Like, I like I one day we have to have Tina on the podcast to explain how she met you, <laughs> if she's willing. Because Tina, I don't want to say it for her because it was hilarious and adorable. Um, but Tina was very obsessed with Stephen <laughs> from the very beginning, and it was basically the best thing I've ever seen, like ever watched in person that wasn't <laughs> written for TV. Like it was amazing. Um. <laughs> She straight up told my sister, I'm going to marry him someday. Like, it was like, it was yeah. like something about marrying, like, I'm going to marry that girl someday. Yeah, it was beautiful. It's amazing. And that's why, like, when you guys had your hiccup and stuff, it was just, it was so hard. It was so hard to watch. And it, I'm glad it was as brief as it was. I know for you, it didn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, and then you guys got over it. And now you're amazing. You get to be Marshall Lily. So mm -hmm. I know, I know she's happy <laughs> too, but I figured someone asked, so I figured I'd, let mm -hmm. you say the thing um but no but but to answer that question because i mean in my situation i have the fortune i'm in a fortunate position where i personally know i will never end the relationship you know like i i have no intentions of ever doing it i'm that part of my life is solved it's i've hunted i gathered i'm i'm good like this is where i'm at now you know like and so like knowing how she feels about me of course i mean since the the breakup did you know shake my confidence but um it's definitely back now and like um but for someone that like i don't know how you like yeah i i get that question i get that fear because i was thinking about that too like if, if like tina ever if tina passed away young or something like that or something horrible happened where a, an eventual relationship would have to happen for me again like i don't know how people do that how do you like give that because like that's something that tina even had to earn for me for so many years is that last piece of my heart that basically you know that last piece of yeah. you that once you give it to them it's it's you're gonna die if they do anything wrong like a no, lot of people even, i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> but i don't know people... what it could feel like to give your whole heart to someone <laughs> and think you're going to be with them for the rest of your life and then not be with them for the rest of your life even though you want to do and things just went bad oh man let's cry about it no, I'm saying I know what you mean, though. Of course, yeah. no, but yeah, like most people don't give that last piece I know. until they're sure, and mm -hmm. then like I get why you're afraid of giving them that last because it's your last safe space, like you, it's, where you can still walk away with your head high if something bad happens, you know. Yeah. But you got to give up that piece. You gotta. That's the only way. Yeah, you know? I think I think every once in a while I am I'm too quick to make those leaps of faith, you know. <laughs> like I, you know, I I think I have kind of since the big breakup i think i have sort of tied a bungee to my feet though you know <laughs> like i think i'll still take certain leaps but i'll know that there's that tether which is basically that last piece that you know i'm i'm at this point because of everything that i've been through very reluctant to give up that last piece anymore mm -hmm. you know and, and because 
I mean, it's 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 been kind of like whittled into the shape of someone who's like you know, like like it's basically just like silver stakes everywhere with garlic and like crosses and it's just like <laughs> you know, it's my whole home. It's just you know like it's protecting protecting me from the vampire that's one hundred percent going to devour it eventually. Um, but yeah, I mean, the next one's a spirit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he like sneaks through all the silver and everything. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's true. I can't only protect from one monster when there's so many monsters out there. There's, there's many faces. Not that I would know. I have zero experience with that. Wait, so how will you break the news to, to Tina once you have an ostrich? So my strategy will be the same as it is with everything I do. What I do, and this, the thing is, the process is already... <laughs> Started. I know. I know it has. That's the thing. That's the thing. I don't think it's just so my, started. My process. Yeah. See this thing right here? See that? See that? That's a Gibson. That's a Gibson SG. It's a fifteen hundred dollar guitar. So my house, my address. So if you want to steal it, is <laughs> so that guitar. This is how this is how it starts. It's like six months prior to me buying the guitar. It's like, man, I've been having a hankering for a new guitar. Priming. She's just like, oh, yeah, that's cool. You know, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I said, I've had the check there forever. And she's like, yeah, that is, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, Christmas is coming up. We can't do Kids, Christmas. Kids, Christmas. So then Christmas comes and passes and it's January. And it's like, oh, man, like, I've been playing guitar, but, you know, it's it's just not, like, I like playing in standard, but half step sometimes also, you know? And it's like, it'd be if awesome I had like another guitar and half step. If only I had another guitar. So it's like. Uh, reinforcing it. Profit. It's just this process. And then eventually it gets to the point where it's like, hey, I think I'm going to go grab a guitar. And she's just like, okay. And pretty sure, here's Not the awesome thing. I'm pretty sure she's just stroking my ego. Like, she basically knew when the first question she was dropped. She's like, I know she knows. I know. <laughs> so she knew I wanted a guitar. She's that's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this whole six month dance. But that's why. The difference between the ostrich and the guitar is so significant because when I said to her, I want to get an ostrich, she called me out immediately. Like, oh. you're not getting an ostrich, Steve, because she knows, she knows what I'm doing. So, like, but anyways, to answer your question, she's going to accept it because I want an ostrich. I want to tune one of the ostriches in half step and the other one in the center. <laughs> I want to ride them. I think she'll come around. I think if I get a little baby ostrich, oh, I'm, I'm looking up the laws in Cape Coral. I'm not sure if I can own one in Cape Coral though. It's okay. We'll 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 make it work. Um, it could be an emotional support ostrich. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man, can you imagine me bringing that on a plane with a leash and everything? I can. Say, like, what sure do you expect it to fly by itself? <laughs> <laughs> he gets two seats. Window. <laughs> you can get a question kickboxing Gary over here. I don't think you are. And I've talked. <laughs> Him. I've raised him. He's only watched blood sports since the day he was born. I'm just letting you know. He knows how to throw a kick better than any ostrich. The best ostrich. Oh man, Ostrich George is going to be the best show that's ever. <laughs> so okay, hang on. Before I get on to the the next segment that I wanted to do with you, um, we we're building a lot of like these little inside jokes. Uh, how do you? I, I I hate to be like too inside baseball or whatever, but like, I don't know. Do are you worried at all about um? 
about like the the audience staying with it or because like okay if someone if someone if this is their first ever episode of this podcast <laughs> think of how ridiculous that is right like they don't know there was a commercial earlier that featured you with ostriches listen man if i can wake up at like one in the morning on a saturday and see well it's not saturday because that's the anime night sorry sorry for not knowing my adult swim but uh, if i like woke up in the middle of the night and saw tim and eric randomly doing this is what I do. I sit on you. And I'm like, those guys are great. People got it. People are going to fall. You think people are going to be okay with this? I'm just going to be me, man. I'm just going to be who I am. And I'm yeah. just going to sell it. And if you if you want to buy it, awesome. And if you don't, move along. Yeah, I get that's true. And honestly, I just... I, I I hate worrying about it at all. And I mm-hmm. it doesn't really affect what we're doing anyway. You know? So being conscious of it is just kind of like like a headache you know like there's no real reason it doesn't it doesn't positively affect anything it's just like oh i'm aware of this thing that we're doing even though it doesn't matter you know so i don't know i every once in a while i think about it from the perspective of someone who's just gonna like try our podcast but i guess it, you know if they're just gonna jump in out of context anthony anthony anthony, anthony. how many pod even joe rogan doesn't cover the ostrich colony concept that's true and I bet, you know what dude I bet I can get Joe on board. Joe would help me. I bet he would. He'd be all about the ostrich call. That's probably true, honestly. Joe Rogan like would buy. He'd probably give you an ostrich for your birthday. He'd give me. He'd give me five ostriches. I know he would. <laughs> so you, you heard I it first Joe. here, everybody. <laughs> Joe Rogan promised even an ostrich. <laughs> In fact, five of them. Um, good old. I'm just Joe. letting you know if that ever happened. I, I don't know what I would do if Joe Rogan hand delivered five ostriches to me. I don't know if I can. holding them all. <laughs> It's UFC 155, five ostriches. Oh my gosh. All right, Steven. Let's do, I have a very quick Pitches Get Stitches for you. Pitches Get Stitches. (laughs) Okay. You got to put the animation there, though. If you don't put the animation there. Yeah, we need animation. We need to get like a Pitches Get Stitches with just like a. (laughs) And then like show like a nurse like sewing it up real quick. Ooh, yeah. A male hand, though, because we're progressive. Um, it's actually just... Both it's, holding hands together. So yeah. <laughs> it's just us. Uh, Who sews this way? It's very, you know, effective. You guys didn't sew anything. This guy's just got, like, eight holes in his skin now. Uh, so, you Swiss cheese this man for no reason. Um... <laughs> So, okay, so I was thinking about this today. The Pitches Get Stitches is going to be a small segment that we're going to do every once in a while where I come up with or Steven comes up with just a silly idea or something occurs to us and we want to just kind of flush it out a little or see where it would go with the other person. So today I was thinking about, very specifically, the Lost Boys. Um, But I was thinking about how you would bring the property back as a comic book or TV series or whatever it would be, right? And I'm okay. So, so, so I think as far as I can, as far as I can tell, there are two, two real decent ways to do it. Okay. And I want to see like what you think, or maybe you can think of a, a better one. Okay. The first one would be you go the uh, Mr. Miyagi route, right? Where the living frog brother, who is Alan, no, Edgar. Based on the sequels. Maybe we should just get rid of the sequels altogether and just start. <laughs> I don't even consider two and three canon. I, I'm, okay. I'm never... Right. They're not I canon. Watch two, couldn't get in. It's like, True. Okay. Just... 
in that case, in that case, let's just go straight, straight first movie canon with the with whatever we're gonna do now, right? Okay. So is it column A where it's the Frog Brothers are now Mr. Miyagi? New a new child moves into Santa Carla, right? Um, there are now just these old guys who have seen vampires a few times throughout their lives since, but probably not as much as you know they'd like to, mm -hmm. to to show. They're still in the comic book store, still doing what they're doing, but now they have someone to teach, right? So that's that's like column A, where like this guy, this like new kid, it's basically it is the Mr. Miyagi, it is um, Karate Kid, but with vampires and with the Frog Brothers <laughs> being the Miyagi, where they're teaching how to kill vampires, they're teaching how to stop, you know, how to find them, how to render them. So this time with a willing candidate, not you know exactly. Corey Haim, completely like, exactly. thinking they're the biggest losers on the planet. Yeah, so so it would probably be uh, high school, just like um, just like Karate Kid, where the the kids getting bullied by someone, or you know. Um, or the, oh, it would have to be like a party because it would have to be nighttime. So it would be like he goes to the beach like in Karate Kid, but suddenly this you know these people show up who he's never seen in school before, and like oh they got kicked out of school or they don't go anymore, blah blah blah. That those would be the vampires, you know. And then of mm -hmm. course there would have to be like the the Michael character who gets like kind of um kind of a uh, what do you call it like transfixed by them, like kind of uh, sucked into their cult of vampires, mm -hmm. you know. And then there's the Corey Haim character who isn't Corey Haim, but like the new guy. Who has to like stop his brother and do the whole thing? But now we have the Miyagi. His brother should probably turn heel at that point too, instead yeah. of like going the Michael route where we're trying to redeem Michael. We're yep. gonna make this guy turn full nope. heel. Nope, I the think the villain of the story. Yep, I think that's the thing. It's gonna have to be brother versus brother, and that's what that's where like then the Frog Brother Miyagi situation where they have this bond, so like they wouldn't want someone to kill or destroy their brother, you know. So anyway, that's just mm -hmm. column A where we have like the Miyagi Karate Kid vampire situation, right? <clears throat> column B. Oh man, I just thought of like the best column C too. Just occurred to me. But okay, so <laughs> dang. Okay. Um column B, okay? Directly after the events of Lost Boys 1, right? The the Emersons hightail it out of Santa Carla. Like they leave. Of course, they're not part of the store anymore. Like they're not no one's gonna stay around after experiencing that. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, like not them. Not the not that family for sure. So the Emersons leave Santa Carla. The Frog Brothers are still just these like teenage kids who are vampire fighters, you know, who like now they have actual experience killing vampires. Right? They've actually done it. Yeah, they've actually done it. Um, but they still have their jobs. They still like. What do you do after that? What do you do after experiencing like this crazy, like phenomenal, like supernatural event in your life? You know. So they kind of become a little obsessed with it. Um, but they're in the comic book shop, right? Suddenly, a new a new issue of Vampires Everywhere comes out, and not only do they see Max getting destroyed in the issue, but they see one of the Frog Brothers getting killed. Because it wasn't just a comic book; it was a survival manual. Everything in the book ended up being true, so they see that in the comic book, someone sees their story and is keeping track, and they saw a Frog Brother getting killed. So now they have to seek out the creator of this comic book and figure out why they're in this comic book, how they knew about Max, and, you know, so that's, like, where the launching point would be for the series. That sounds pretty cool. Okay. That would be, like, an episode-by-episode series, not a movie, yes, I would say. For sure. I'm thinking episode-by-episode, episode for sure. Um, three, the one that just occurred to me, dude, who's the cool, I, like, I, you're probably going to answer the same as I would, like, but who's the, the, the coolest <laughs> character in Lost Boys, if you think about it? Think about it for a second. Who do you think is the actual coolest character in Lost Boys? Coolest character? Not like who looks the coolest. 
Who is actually the coolest character in Lost Boys? The grandpa is the coolest yes! character, Mike. The coolest character in Lost Boys. <laughs> like, dude, why wouldn't it be a flashback to the all of the grandpa's actual um, Dude, what if he just went around killing vampires like crazy? Like, that's why the only thing that's sucks about him, you know, like, he's like... He would have been yeah. the blade of his time. He would have been Buffy of, as a, like as a young man, and then like he he obviously had a lot of experience with vampires. So much so that like he doesn't even have a TV, but he has this whole room like dedicated with all these stakes and all this stuff that we don't see until the end. So mm-hmm. maybe he doesn't have the TV because he's now he's terrified because he's you know uh, scared that vampires are going to show up at any point. So he knows he has to mm-hmm. be on the lookout. You know, like he. He has all of the he has all of the knowledge that you could possibly need, and all of the experience that would make a show about him so great. Not to mention the fact that it would take place in like the seventies, uh, like the seventies early eighties, which means you don't have to, you don't have to deal with cell phones, you don't have to deal with the fact that anyone could text anyone, you don't have to deal with all of that stuff, and you like he doesn't even have the internet, you know. So you get to do all of the fun like old old school library book stuff, you know, where he's trying to. Like, you could even up. like show cool stuff like like. I mean, I don't know how you would redo Max, but like get like Ma- like you know Max has had groups of vampires yes. he's created throughout the For years, sure. dude. I you mean, well, what if Grandpa and Max were originally contemporaries? Like, what if what if they were the same? You know, like what if what if they were the Karate Kid situation? Yes, what if they were the Karate? There you go, that's perfect. Like, what if they were the Karate Kid situation, but the villain ended up getting bit by a vampire to make himself more powerful? So then mm-hmm. they kind of separated, and uh, yeah. I don't know. I just I think following the grandpa is probably the most fun version of that. But anyway, mm-hmm. what about the Frog Brothers? How do you, how would you deal with them in a sequel or in like a spinoff series of some sort? So like, when you, like if I was a Frog Brother, right, and I just killed my first group success, my first encounter with vampires, I killed Marco. Okay. I mean, like I, I never okay. even you know face to face. I stab Marco. He bleeds everywhere. Right. Like then from beyond that, like. I get into this house and we freaking murder the entire clan of vampires and the head vampire, right? Dude, from there, it's Van Helsing o'clock. Like, that's what I think they should do. They'd start traveling the world and hunting out the vampires in their different packs. Okay, so that, of course, that's awesome. Um, that's kind of what I was hoping would happen with the second one with the comic book, where they, you know, because they'd seek out the guy, because of course, you wouldn't, how would you find them is the kind of the question, you know? Because like, mm-hmm. they didn't, they've never seen what up to then. And then suddenly they, they find them, you know? So then you have to figure out how to find them. That's kind of what I was getting at with the comic book guy. Because obviously he has his finger on the pulse of, or on finger of, on the, you know, undead. <laughs> the body. lack thereof. The lack thereof a pulse. Um, but yeah, so like, obviously whoever's creating the comic books knows about vampires and knows how to find them. So he would go to them and figure out what's going on, basically. So I think he would kind of be there, like the... Um, concierge kind of you know and like help he'd be the whistler you know like the, the mm-hmm. guy who can help them find all the different vampires um i didn't consider the fact that there could be other monsters in the lost boys universe though and oh, i true that love that idea um i yeah that had never even occurred to me that there could easily be werewolves in the lost boys i was gonna say is it just me or is it like no movie ever really gets werewolves right which okay. makes, which just sounds so like that was just pretentious like I, like I, no, 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 no. It's very few. Like, there, okay, there have been a couple of fun uh, werewolf movies. So, okay, everyone, I think everyone would probably be on board with saying that American Werewolf in London is just like the standard, like, top werewolf movie. Um, Ginger Snaps was fun. Dog Soldiers was fun. And there was another one, I think it was called Howl. That was kind of fun. Howl's so, the one with the uncle. Is Howl with Uncle Rico? 
No, no, no. That's, that's Silver Bullet. Monster Squad. Monster Squad. That's Monster Squad. By the yes. way, lo- oh gosh, I love Monster Squad so much. I just watched. No, it. what's the movie? What's the movie where the kids in the wheelchair and the- Silver, uh, Silver Bullet. Bullet? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Silver Bullet, which I don't even remember the werewolf in that movie. Honestly, no, not really that much. Like, yeah, to be like, I, th- I'll tell you, the werewolf transformations that really stick out in my head are obviously uh, American Werewolf London, um, the Van Helsing thing because they ripped off skin and like stole my idea. Um, Thieves. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, The Howling had a pretty good one. I think it was uh, Rob Bottin. I think that's who did it. It was, like, it, they did a lot of, like, bubble work on the guy's face where it was just, like, bubbly. And it was, it, was, it, was, it was good because most of it looked like it was happening in real time, which was really cool. That being said, though, there haven't been that many cool werewolf transformations. And even when there are decent transformations, I don't really care about the movie. No. You know? Like, uh, there's a new movie out that I want to see by the guy who made Thunder Road. Um... I don't remember what it's called right now. But anyway, I want to check that out. I have to buy it. Um, but yeah, you're right, dude. I'm totally with you. There haven't been that many good werewolf movies in general. And I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't think it's that difficult. Felt, in my opinion, and I don't know if this is even a popular opinion or an unpopular opinion, but like, I feel like Underworld almost mm-hmm. got the vampire werewolf vibe right. well. They obviously like, they went to popcorn flick with it, but like, I th- they were so close. I feel like to really executing that mythos and how old these, you know, the original vampire, the original werewolf come from the same father and yeah. this whole cool concept. And I don't know. I always like the the hybrid that was in that too. But um, but yeah, like I feel like transformation wise, it's definitely American Werewolf in London. I think just wins out of all yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, Van Helsing is a close second. Um, but then beyond that, it's like what the creature actually looks like. I always have a yeah. problem with too. Some make it too much like a dog. Some go too human. I don't know. Like I said, I'm really, for some reason, picky about you know the way a werewolf looks. looks. You, know, you know what looked really cool? That I. It makes no sense for me to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. <clears throat> I One of my favorite werewolves, in my memory at least, that I'm going to pop up here in a second, <laughs> isn't even a werewolf. It's Dracula from Bram Stoker's Dracula after he eats the wolf. He looks like a beast. It's mm-hmm. the coolest version of a werewolf that isn't a werewolf that I've ever seen. <laughs> do you remember that? It's Gary Oldman, right? It's Gary Oldman for sure. But do you remember what the like when he had he was? Like, I do. I, I remember this like carn like carnal yeah. scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's like well, it's like lightning, and like he looks up and he has like blood on his chin. And he's he's a beast after eating mm-hmm. the wolf. It's beautiful in my memory. I hope it still holds up. I haven't watched Bram Stoker's Dracula in a couple of years. Um, <laughs> It's a good one, though. Yeah, it is a good one. It really is. Um, When I asked about uh, vampires and stuff, a lot of people seem to like the Bram Stokers, and specifically Gary Oldman as, like, the sexy, smart, you know, awesome old man. Gary Oldman can't do anything wrong, though, man. Like, that dude is just the craziest actor of all time. Yeah, it's going to be really weird when he unzips his face and he turns out to be Meryl Streep, though. (laughs) 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 Wrong con. Okay. So, so what, wouldn't it be weird if like Joaquin Phoenix was just like, <laughs> it was just like, I'm Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> the whole time, you know, like what? This is the deepest I've ever been, ladies and gentlemen, it's the deepest <laughs> I'll ever go. How many movies did you make as Joaquin? All of them. All of them. I've been to like. Since the 90s. Oh my God, wait. I met up with him. What if, what if. Don't it, go oh, back. Yeah, I was going to say, what if it was just like three movies? What if like we didn't okay. do this? 
But it's just I like, thought you were going to make a very inappropriate River Phoenix joke for some reason. No, no. I'm very glad you didn't. Because no, I wasn't going to go there. No, I was going to say, that's terrible. Now I know what you're thinking. Oh, no. Um, I was, gonna I was say, like, no, don't do it. No, I was going to say, wouldn't it be crazy? That's commercial. That's commercial. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to bring up River. <laughs> Too soon, too soon. Too uh, soon. I think that's forever too soon. No, it's, it's true. Uh, forever. But <laughs> I did. I just thought it would be funny if um, it was like only two movies. Like he, uh, Daniel Day Lewis just has Joaquin Phoenix in a closet somewhere. <laughs> I'm you now. Sorry. Uh, I but... feed him Doritos. That's all you need, really. I don't know. You ever you ever see those studies that uh, like various nutritional te- like nutrition teachers have done where it's just like you can live off twinkies you can live off of steaks you can live it's off all about of- calories it's all about calories it's all about stay away from the carbs it's all about only kale it's all about like i don't know Mediterranean like- diet people whales fish <laughs> Whale. that doesn't sound bad just- honestly it's probably that probably is the one that's right but yeah i mean it- it's so weird i just like the idea of the perfect human diet is so bizarre you know, I mean, I I do know mm-hmm. whatever it is. It isn't what my diet is. I yeah. do know that. Yeah. Much. I know I'm doing it wrong, and you're I, all. I know I got it wrong. Yeah, we're. I'm we're... assuming it's the bread, but yeah, but it's delicious. So <laughs> next week, I said I'm going to do. I'm gonna I'm gonna do chapter four, which is going to be the chapter in which I find out that Voldemort was pregnant. Um, <laughs> So that's going to be that chapter, which is going to kind of in the book reinstill like my joy a little bit, you know, where I recognize that there were positive things from the relationship. So maybe that'll be a moment where I'll, excuse me, where I'll have a little levity, you know, but so I'll get to write chapter four next week. I'm going to do it. I'm probably going to, oh, what day is it? I'm probably going to do it tomorrow or the next day I'm going to start, but yeah. So, and you're going to do page three, you say? Yep, and then I, I mean, I never know when that inspiration is going to take. Like today, I thought I was just going to get the rough done, but then I'm like, you know what? I got time. I'm just going to go ahead and pencil this entire page, and like that's what I did. Yeah, and it turned out awesome. It really did. I'm actually pretty proud of that page. No, I'm super proud of it too. It looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, I, I, like I said, like I have, if I have faith in anything, it's random relationships from Tinder. Um, but if I have faith in, <laughs> if I have faith in two things, it's random relationships from Tinder and Stephen Todd. <laughs>